0: This is journal entry number 56 and part of our multifamily brief series. This is Brian Briscoe with Four Oaks Capital, and this is the Diary of an Apartment Investor. Thanks for listening today. Now, there's a lot of steps you need to take to be able to get your first apartment complex past the finish line. And part of putting together apartment deals is raising capital. And that's something you can never start doing too early. Even before you have your first deal under contract, you should be talking with friends and families and coworkers and pretty much everyone You come in contact with about investing in apartments because when you finally get something under contract, you're going to be on a clock. You may have 60 or 90 days to close, and we'll have to bring a lot of money to the table to be able to purchase the asset. Now, I will note that when you're talking with people, there's a significant advantage to having invested passively yourself because you can speak of your experiences as an investor. Not only that, but you'll have seen the onboarding process. Hopefully, you've seen the process done well, but you should at least be familiar with that process when you're syndicating. Now, that's going to be the focus of today's episode. We're going to talk about onboarding investors. Disclaimer, I am not an attorney, and this is not legal advice. Always consult with an SEC attorney when you're putting money together when you're syndicating deals. That said, we can't talk about raising money without discussing these SEC regulations. So, make sure you know, understand, and follow the relevant SEC regulations while you raise money. For more details, go back and check out episodes 30 and 31 with our attorney, Dugan Kelly. Now, for the sake of this episode, let's assume that you're doing a 506B offering. That means you have to have a pre-existing relationship with a potential investor before presenting them with an offering. There's other things involved with that. I mean, you can't advertise it on social media you know, and you're limited to 35 sophisticated investors. But once again, consult with an attorney so you know all the rules and regulations. Those are just the ones that we're going to highlight today that are pertinent to today's conversation. Now, a few things to keep in mind. You're going to be asking people to invest relatively large sums of money with you. Now, our minimum investment is $50,000. And unless you have a good relationship with the person, you won't likely have success getting people to commit $50,000 investment the first time you talk with them. Now, the goal is to educate them about apartment investing and get to know them better and for them to get to know you better and to arrive to a point where they know you, they like you, and they trust you enough to invest with you. Now, your goal in each step of the process is to get them to trust you a little bit more, get them to like you a little bit more, and then invite them to take the next step, whatever that next step is. All right. So we're going to look at uh, steps in onboarding investors. I've got six of them, plus some, some follow-up uh, tips that I'll give. You know, so here we go. Step number one is an inis- initial investor call or meeting. Okay, Once somebody has expressed interest, schedule a meeting or a call with them. If they're local, you may want to invite them to lunch or coffee. Now, it's helpful to pre-screen people before dedicating a lot of time with them. You know, A simple question like, if I had an opportunity that you were interested in investing, how much money do you have available right now? to invest. Okay? Simple question, okay, very non-threatening and very hypothetical. You are not presenting with an actual opportunity to invest. It's just if I had an opportunity, how much would you be able to invest? You want that answer to be somewhere around your minimum amount. During the call, I'd recommend you focus on what the investor's goals are. Find out what they want to get from a potential investment, what's their timeline, do they have a particular market they're looking for, what's their risk tolerance, etc get them talking about what they want from an investment. And don't just focus on the returns, try to get them to talk about why they're investing. Now, there's a few reasons for this. You know, number one, if you understand their reasons for investing, you can make a better presentation when you actually have a deal under contract. You'll be able to highlight the features of the apartment opportunity that specifically meet their needs and their desires. And also, you know, there's these pesky SEC regulations that require you to have done some due diligence with the potential investors to know that they are, in fact, a sophisticated investor. This conversation about their investing goals will help you to do that. Now, once again, assuming this is one of the first touch points and you're doing a 506B offering, just remember, do not pitch them a deal on the first call. But you do definitely want to document the call so that later on you can say for sure, I had a pre-existing and substantial relationship with them that began on this day with this call. Now, always consult your attorney on what constitutes having a pre-existing relationship. Now, let's move on to step two, You know, presenting an offering. Okay, Assuming you have a pre-existing relationship with somebody and a deal under contract, you can now present it to all the people that, that you know. Now, most people will create a pitch deck. You could print it out and hand people. You can do it in PDF. You can do an online version. You know, there's many ways to skin the cat on this one. And most people will also do a deal webinar of some sort. And some people will do a live webinar. Some people will do a webinar and they'll post it on YouTube or their website or something else. But end of the day is you want to figure out a way to get the information about the investment and about the team to the potential investor in a format that they can easily digest. Now, your goal in this step is to get the investors to feel comfortable with the team and the investment opportunity. So spend some time and potentially some money getting ready and be prepared to answer a lot of questions. Okay. Now, once you get through the the presentation of the offering, an important next step is to get a soft commit. And this is step step three in our process. A lot of people don't like to be pushed or coerced. In fact, A reluctant investor, somebody who's coerced or somebody who's pushed into the investment may actually end up being a nightmare for you later on. Remember, if you're doing a three, five or eight year hold, you're going to have these investors with you for three, five or eight years. So after presenting the offering, what we typically do is in a very non-threatening way, we ask for a soft commitment from the investor. The soft commitment is non-binding and it's very helpful to make it clear that the investors are giving a non-binding commitment. Now, you can do this in many ways, you know, verbally, via PDF, via email or text or a web form or through an investor portal. Now, after our our webinars, we typically send all of our investors a link to an online form that we put on our website. The investor will use the link to make a commitment. Now, this is an important step for many reasons. You know, number one, you can kind of gauge how much money you have raised and how much money you still need to raise. But this is also a very important psychological step for the investor. Although it's a non-binding commitment, it is a commitment and once investors make a commitment they're likely to continue to make more commitments and eventually invest with you now in this step you know just like vetting a potential investor prior to the first meeting with them you want to vet the soft commitment you know once again this is a good point to ask you know where are the funds coming from you know for example it's a lot different investing from you know a, a personal investment account than it is from a self-directed IRA especially if the investor has not even set up the self-directed IRA yet so make sure you understand where the funds are coming from so that you, you know whether or not this is going to be reality. You know, for example, the very first soft commit I ever got on a syndication was from somebody who was selling an investment property. He had planned on rolling $50,000 in, pro- in proceeds into our syndication. Now, the problem was when the property sold, he barely had $20,000 in proceeds and needless to say, did not invest. So do a little bit of questioning here on the soft commitment just to vet it and make sure you understand how solid the commitment is. Now, at this point, you may also want to include a questionnaire asking whether they're accredited or not, because once again, you are limited to 35 sophisticated investors with a 506B offering. Now, step four, I would say, is to follow up and provide a timeline. Once they have soft committed, sometimes there's a little bit of time between the soft commit and when The investments do or when the documents, the legal documents are available. So you want to give them the timeline, tell them exactly what to expect, you know, when the documents are going to be available and let them know when funds are due and and how how to go about that. So at this point, you may also want to explain exactly what the legal documents are. So after providing them a timeline, you get to the point to where I actually offer the legal documents for them. And I'm, I'm going to call this step number five you know, a little, little note here, don't try to do this yourself, okay? Don't get a PPM from somebody else who made an offering. Try to modify it yourself, okay? This is something that's worth paying an attorney the $15,000 or so to make sure everything is in order, all right? And what's also important in this process is to allow investors time to review and ask questions, right? Don't give them the legal documents today and say, all funds are due by close of business tomorrow. Give them a little time. Some of the investors will have attorneys of their own or financial managers that will review these documents for them and advise them on the content. So give them time to go over the documents. All right. Now, some of the documents you're going to give them, number one, is a private placement memorandum. All right. It's going to discuss the legalities and risks associated with the investment. Now, typically, the private placement memorandum is also going to have the investor questionnaire that talks about whether they're accredited or not, and a subscription agreement that talks about how much they're going to invest, what entity they're going to use, the tax ID number, and a lot of other information in there. All right. And the next document that's important is going to be the operating agreement. Now, one important fact is that your investors are not actually purchasing the real estate they are investing into a company that will purchase that will hold the real estate. So this operating agreement is going to have the rules and regulations that this company will abide by in operating the property. It's going to talk about ownership percentages, distributions, decision making, and etc. Now somewhere in the documents, there's a portion that you or somebody on your team will countersign, acknowledging the investor's investment amount and acknowledging that they have signed the, the pertinent documents. Now the next step is the funding. Okay, I think it's a best practice to get the investor to review and sign the above documents prior to wiring the funds. But end of the day you can set up an escrow account with an attorney or a title an escrow company or you can just set up your own bank account. But typically what you want to do is provide an investor with wiring instructions. Now wiring a significant amount of money for some people could be could be new, could be a little nerve-wracking. So it's very helpful to confirm with with your investors when the funds arrive, you know, pick up the phone, send them a text, give them a phone call. Hey, John. Hey, Joe. You know, I received your $50,000 wire today. Thanks a lot. All right. So just good practice to make sure you do that. Uh, We have had some investors that have sent us checks as well. And some SDRA companies will insist on sending checks. So there's other ways to do it. Just, just make sure, like I said, you understand where the money's coming from and you're able to get that to the right account. If you have to do it on behalf of your investors. Now, those are the, the main steps. I, I think we'll, we'll go over a couple of common practices. You know, a lot of people, when they close on apartment buildings, will send the investors something, you know, a, a card, a certificate, a picture or a gift or something. And it's typically branded, you know, either with your company name or with the, the name of the, the apartment complex, something they can put on their mantle, hang on their wall. And the other thing you want is you want to keep the investors informed throughout the entire process you know, have monthly emails with the status of the property and you know, we typically give for qu- monthly emails and quarterly reports. Your end goal number 1 is, is obviously you want to you want to deliver on what you promised your investors. So if you promise them a certain return, you want to be able to deliver that return. If you're going to be in this business long term, you want to be able to keep these investors with you. You know, so if somebody invested $50,000 with you in 5 years from now when you sell the property, you give them their initial investment back plus another $50,000, you want them to want to invest with you again. All right, that's it for today's episode and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and we'll see you again next week